Please stand with us as we uh, share in the word together. The text this morning is coming from 2 Kings chapter 2, verses 8 to 14. We'll be reading from the Common English Bible, and it says, Elijah then took his coat, rolled it up, and hit the water. Then the water was divided in two. Both of them crossed over onto dry ground. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, What do you want me to do for you before I am taken away from you? Elisha said, Let me have twice your spirit. Elijah said, You've made a difficult request. If you can see me when I'm taken from you, then it will be yours. If you don't see me, it won't happen. They were walking along, talking, when suddenly a fiery chariot and fiery horses appeared and separated the two of them. Then Elijah went to heaven in a windstorm. Elisha was watching, and he cried out, Oh, my father, my father, Israel's chariots and its riders. When he could no longer see him, Elisha took hold of his clothes and ripped them in two. Then Elisha picked up the coat that had fallen from Elijah. He went back and stood beside the banks of the Jordan River. He took, a, he took the coat that had fallen from Elijah and hit the water. He said, where is the Lord, Elijah's God? Then he hit the water, it divided in two. Then Elisha crossed over. The word of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Good morning, church family. It is good to be here together, whether you're joining us online or here in person, it's good that we are here. We've reached the conclusion of our sermon series, Retold. We have looked at the story of Adam and Eve, where Pastor Devo reminded us the importance of words. We looked at the story of Abigail, the story of Solomon, and last week, Pastor Icky brought us through the story of Ruth with a focus on the deep love of Naomi. And what we've practiced as a church is an important thing, and that is to look through the Bible and see how it can apply to our lives today. And also, go through the discomfort of accepting new perspectives of stories that we've once heard. As you can see today, I'm not on the stage by myself. I'm here with Lauren. Let's give a round of applause to Lauren, who's been here, who's here now. And uh, I have to say, I'm just so thankful because I have the best youth group in, I think, the, the country, right? I have the best youth group, so thank you, youth. And uh, so thankful for Lauren and her leadership and her courage to stand here with us today. Um, I was thinking about if I should say this or not, but I think it's in my heart. Growing up, we had this thing called Youth Days. Right? And maybe you went to a church with youth days. And I remember youth days were really special to me. Um, but in their specialness and in their meaningfulness, it became kind of novelty. You know, something that like, we'd look forward to and we'd have once a month. But in the same way, we knew that every other Sabbath wasn't really for the youth. But I'm thankful that we're a church that doesn't necessarily need youth days. Because we focus on our youth every single Saturday, every day of the week. That's what we have to be. And that's what we must be like. And so I'm thankful for this place. So Lauren, would you just tell your church family a little bit about yourself? Hello, church family. Happy Sabbath. For those of you who do not know me, I'm Lauren. I've been a part of this church all of my life. I was dedicated here and will soon be baptized here as well. Amen. I attended last year Academy for nine years, from kindergarten up until eighth grade. I currently attend Riverside STEM Academy, and being outside of the last year bubble has taught me the importance of a church community and walking with God through life. Awesome. I am so happy to be here with all of you today. Awesome, Lauren. Uh, so thankful that you're here. So for our last retelling, uh, which was the Friday of our VBS program, the story of focus is the story of Elijah ascending to heaven. This is commonly seen 
as a marvelous story. We know Elijah. Elijah is one of the greatest prophets, and he gets to go to heaven, which is the perceived goal, the goal that we talk about a lot as Christians, going to heaven. You know, Elijah served God faithfully. He did his best all he could, and even when he defeated prophets of Baal and did great things, when he got scared, God still provided for him. This is that same Elijah who got to hear the still small voice of God. And something like this, a direct shortcut to heaven, hasn't been documented uh, other than our perceived understanding of what happens to Enoch when he's walking with God in Genesis and he's no longer there. And we see this story and it marvels us and it amazes us, but it comes with kind of a dilemma. A dilemma that we see it more of how we can benefit ourselves rather than a story of how we can better interact with the people around us. I used to see this story as a motivation for heaven. Like maybe if I live like Elijah, God will bring some horses down and take me right to heaven, right? Maybe if I live like Elijah, maybe if I fight some people who are Baal worshipers, God's gonna give me a quick shortcut or something like that. But we miss the fact that there's more to learn from this story. We forget that there's two humans in this story. There's Elijah and as well as his prodigy, Elisha. And when we look at this story, and when we see the conclusion of the time together between a mentor and a mentee, there's something that we can learn and apply to our lives today. So Lauren, tell us a little bit about what happened before the text that we just read together. Elijah's journey is one of great historical significance. Elijah and Elisha travel from Gilgal to Bethel, and then finally to the Jordan River, where he's taken in a whirlwind to heaven. Elijah's story is definitely an interesting one, as he sort of appears out of nowhere in the Bible and begins his journey. His story, although very important, isn't filled with historical terms and places and essentially goes into this core story of the Bible. However, details are in abundance in this story, and it is important not to ignore them. Elijah's final journey is specific in that aspect, as each location that is mentioned, each person that they encounter through Elijah's final journey is filled with significance. So, let's start at the first last place that Elijah and Elisha visit together, Gilgal. Gilgal's significance in this story and in the Bible is that it is known for being a place of separation. This is significant because Elijah and Elisha will separate after working so closely for over six years, which is inevitably a very difficult thing to do. And we know for a fact, when it's time to separate or time to create distance, it brings a lot of emotion out of us. When we know we're saying goodbye or we're gonna be separated from each other, we start doing things that maybe we should have done before. I'll tell you, um, when Calmy and I, when we were dating, for the first three months of dating, I'll never forget, Calumny pulled me aside. She looked me in my eyes. She's like, Ben, I wanna tell you something. When she, I knew what she was gonna say, and when she was about to say it, terrible thing I did, I'm like, Cal, don't say it. <laughs> terrible. I knew she wanted to say I love you, and I was like, Cal, no, don't say it. <laughs> three months later, she pursued still being with me, I don't know why, and she pulled me aside, she's like, Ben, I have something to tell you. I said, Cal, like, don't say it, not yet. Maybe it's because of my toxic traits. Maybe it's because of heart, past heartbreaks. I didn't know what was going to do to myself if I let her say it to me. I don't know. We kept going together, doing life together. And after two years, when I was finally moving away to start pastoring in a different province, she helped me move, being the amazing person she is. And in my apartment, knowing that I would not see Calmini anymore, knowing that we wouldn't be able to do life together anymore, it started bringing some things out of me. 
some emotions out of me. And I remember I looked her in the face. I started crying a little bit. And I was like, Cal, I love you. And I said it then. And it just, you see this emotion that comes out when we're separating. When we know we won't be in the same flow. When things are changing, emotions come out. And we see it in the story of Elisha and Elijah. It is highly probable that the two of them embarked on this final journey together. For Elijah to reminisce on his life as a prophet and for Elisha to look and see what God has been able to do through many people's lives and how he will continue to do it for Elisha. Gilgal is the first place that the Israelites had entered upon in the promised land. God had brought them from bondage and into freedom. God was saying to the Israelites that he had separated the Israelites from the Egyptians and the terror that they faced for so long. Gilgal symbolically means to be separated from the past and to be separated towards God, which is why it is so significant that that is where the two of them embark on. As Elisha, although will be separated from his long-term mentor, Elijah, he will be separated towards God and will now embark on his own journey with God. Separation is difficult, but God is with us at all times, and we never have to separate from God. The next place that the two pass when on their final journey is through Bethel. Bethel means house of God and was the place that Elijah established his school of prophets, which is significant as he wants to look back on something that he was established, able to establish and create because we hold value in things that we have been able to establish and build up. I definitely relate to Elijah's feelings of wanting to reminisce on that, as recently I left something behind too. In order to hone in on what my next two years of high school will look like, I had to leave a club that I formed behind. It was a student advocacy club, and I was co-founder and president, and although that meant a lot to me, what was more important is that I was, I, I was able to be in a community of people who were just as passionate about student reform and advocacy as I was, and it is definitely something that I will miss. Even though we are attached to things, because we build them up, we have to stay attached to God, because he is the one who helped us build it up, and the same God will be present when our time is done. Elijah saw God in Bethel, and in God's word being shared through his school of prophets, like we do when we see the church that we have been able to create a community in. Bethel is also known as the place that the Ark of Covenant was kept at that time, and it serves as a place where God's presence is known. No matter who the prophet was, the presence of God is still in Bethel. God is big enough that his presence is always continuous. Now the final place where Elijah and Elisha journeyed together was to the Jordan River, where Elijah was taken in a whirlwind and ascended into heaven. The Jordan River represents death and resurrection, and although death is not witnessed here, a goodbye is. Elisha says goodbye to his long-term mentor as he ascends into heaven. Elisha resurrected God's message and allowed it to continue on in a new and different way. There is a rebirth of Elisha's autonomy and his newness because this is the same spirit of God, but now it is moving through Elisha's leadership. God is the same God through death, through life, and through everything in between. This is the journey of a mentor and a mentee a journey of what was and what is and what was on its way. This is the story not just of Elijah, but Elisha as well. Elijah ascends, he gets to go to a new place, but what good is ascension without somebody continuing in the same spirit? 
This story is not just a story about Elijah's ascension. It is a story about Elijah's last moments with Elisha. And when we look at this narrative of Elijah and his last moments with his mentee, Elisha, there are two questions that Lauren and I want to just go through today to think through with our church community that comes from this story. The first question, in what ways have we told people to stay here? See, Elijah tells Elisha to stay here three times in this chapter. Through every location that they move through, Elijah tells Elisha, stay here, just stop here. And maybe he was telling him to stay here because Elijah was proud of his journey, as he should be. He had wonderful experiences with God. He fought for his life to get to where he is now. He built a school up from the bottom up with his own hands. Maybe Elijah looked back at his accolades and his commitment to his experiences, and it made sense for him to end his journey alone. He may have believed that he had endured so much for the Lord and had gone through so much on his own that his ending needed to be on his own terms. Maybe Elijah was leading with compassion for his mentee. He was looking out for what was best for Elisha, maybe. But sometimes what we perceive as best can feel like rejection to others. Sometimes we need to learn to trust the desires and participation of the ones we're trying to look out for. To be the recipient of being told to stay here, Elisha must have been anxious of what it means to do life without his mentor. Elisha was just emotional, and he wanted to cling on to his mentor and follow him throughout his final journey, hoping to learn and reflect. If Elisha did not follow Elijah, he probably would not have been able to pass through these places where God's message had spoken through Elijah, and that message had shaped and changed so many people's lives. Although it was a time for Elijah to reflect on everything that he has done through God, it is also a time for Elisha to see what God can do through his mentor and provide some hope and reassurance that the same thing can be done through him. Maybe Elisha was just reflecting on the reality that is his time. To start from a blank canvas, Elisha must have felt very fearful of what was to come. To take over for a man who has accomplished so much and that has had as much obedience and faith as Elijah did. Elijah relied on a raven to bring his food through God every single day for a long time. And it's intimidating to follow in such large footsteps, but it must be done. Elisha is a completely different person from Elijah, and he shared God's word differently too. So what does telling somebody to stay here look like today? How have we told people to stay here, whether consciously or unconsciously? Maybe we've told people to stay here through the things that we talk about or the things that we struggle talking about. Maybe we've told people to stay here through our struggle to love those that are hard to love or struggle to stand up for those who others neglect. Maybe we've told people to stay here through our preferences because we tell ourselves what, is, what we want is more important than making sure people feel welcome. Maybe we've told people to stay here because we define Christianity as a mirror of ourselves rather than a mirror of Jesus. I remember when I was younger, and I didn't have the experience of being able to go to an academy growing up. And because of that, the people that I spent a lot of time with were people who didn't have the routine of church in their life. And so even though I did this thing that was so strange to all my friends, I'm thankful that some of my friends would say, hey, we'll come to church with you. And I'll never forget when my friends came to church with me for the first time. They followed me along, got in my car, we drove to church, and they didn't have the attire quote-unquote, attire that was needed or acceptable because that wasn't their routine. 
And when they came to church with me, somebody spoke out to them and said, like, the way you dressed isn't right. And that broke my heart. And it bothered me because they were told that there was some criteria for church. Church can't be the place where you need to look a certain way or make sure you become more like me. It needs to be a place where you feel safe, a place where you feel heard, a place that you can be yourself, and a place where you can meet Jesus. And when we tell people to stay here, we sometimes take that away from them. The second question that comes from this text, how do we find the value in saying, as the Lord lives and as you live, I won't leave you? Every time Elijah says, stay here, Elisha boldly responds, as the Lord lives and as you live, I won't leave you. I don't know how well you all handle rejection, but being told no is straight up horrible. Right? It's one of the worst things. And it's hard to feel like you are not needed. It's hard to feel like you are not wanted or your opinion doesn't matter. And I know what that feels like in a spiritual setting. But we must be present to move our community to be where it needs to be. We must be present to see this place live out to its fullest potential. We must be present in our community for it to be the most loving community in the area. So it takes courage to remain present after rejection. It takes vision and it takes hope. When reflecting on Elisha's rejection, thankfully, I haven't had a lot of stories, but one did come to mind. When I was in sixth grade, we had praise team tryouts, and it was like the biggest thing of the entire year. Everyone was coming to try out, and I was pretty confident that I would make the team. I'd been playing piano since I was five years old, and I did everything possible to prepare. However, auditions came and went, and the list came out, and I was not on the list. Now, I was so frustrated and disappointed, and even more so because I had to wait an entire year for the next chance to try out. And thankfully, it did work out for me. But what's more important than succeeding is the perseverance through periods of rejection. Mm. There's value in waiting. But waiting does not mean doing nothing. Waiting does not mean standing still. When we look at the example of Elisha, Elisha was a mentee. He listened, he learned, and he continued to dream, and he took opportunities that came to him. But to take opportunities, we must stay close. It is not an easy process, but it is important. And that is what sticking through community is. That is what community is. Community is sticking through when it feels like rejection is approaching. Community is pushing forward even when you're told to stay here. Community is saying, I won't leave you just because the way you think or the way you do things is different than me in this moment. We are often led to believe that it is the mentor's responsibility to pursue the protege. But in this biblical account, it reveals that Elisha's success was found in the prodigy's relentless pursuit of his mentor. Well, what does that mean for us as members of this church? It can be difficult to be present when it doesn't feel like what is going on is your exact vision for the church. But sometimes we are asked to do difficult things like waiting it out. But to see change, you have to be present. Often, our perception of the mentor is challenged when we learn about the humanity of somebody that we admire. However, the reward is great for those prodigies who persevere through these difficulties until the day comes when the baton is passed to them. Like Elisha, we as churchgoers sometimes believe it may be either the pastors or the deacons or somebody else's job to come reach out and to find us and to guide us to find value in this church. But in order for us to find true value in this community, 
it is important that we pour into our own vision and that we participate as best as we can by sticking with the church. We're closing, and as we wrap up, we'd like to refocus on verse 13 and 14 of what we've read. Then Elisha picked up the coat that had fallen from Elijah. He went back and stood beside the banks of the Jordan River. He took the coat that had fallen from Elijah and hit the water. He said, where is the Lord, Elijah's God? When he hit the water, it divided in two. Then Elisha crossed over. When we read this text, and as we close up, and as we read the last few moments with Elisha and Elijah, we see this very straightforward lesson. Progression happens when one party lets go and another party is present to pick it up. Elijah had to let go of his cloak, the same cloak he wore during his golden years, the same cloak that he wore during times of trouble where he had to run for his life, the same cloak that he had just performed a miracle within moments before. Elisha had to let go of his cloak so that Elisha could pick it up, so that Elisha could do the exact same thing in the exact same spirit, so that Elisha could go forward and perform his own miracles, so that Elisha could be used by God in his own unique ways. The same God that was moving through and around Elijah was moving through and around Elisha and continued to do so even when Elijah's time was done. Everyone has different experiences that shape our perspectives. And although we may not all agree, progression matters, and it is so important to stick with the church. The same God that has been here for 100 years will be here for hundreds more. But through progression, we celebrate God in different ways. In the same way, Elijah had a same, different background than Elisha, and yet they were still able to accomplish the same things and share God the same way as prophets, but just through different experiences that had been shaped through their perspectives. Elijah established the school of prophets, and he was an educator, but with credibility behind his name. But Elisha didn't have any of that, but God still used him. In fact, Elijah performed eight miracles during his time on earth, but Elisha ended up performing 16. It doesn't look the same, but it is the same spirit. Our same God does not continually move through the same methods. This is the story of Elisha and Elijah, a story about progression and a story about passing on the torch, a story about what was and what has been and what is to come. And our prayer today is that we will be a people who celebrate where we've been and actively move towards the places we are looking while making room for those important to that process. Because the same God that was with us then will be with us to the very end. Amen.